Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. If you're here for the first time or you've never actually been to something called Fresh Start, I want to get to know you. I want to meet you. That's going to be in the Welcome Center right after the gathering here as soon as we're done. That'll be just 20 minutes of your time, and I'll just share a little bit more about the church and get to know your name and hear from you if you have any questions or things like that. So uh, that's an opportunity to connect that way, and I'd love to see you there after the gathering. So I want to make sure to mention that. But we are finalizing this series called We Are the Resting Place. And this really, I have to give honor where honor is due, this really came first from the Lord, but through the mouth of a spiritual father of mine, uh, one of my closest and dearest spiritual fathers, named Lynn, Har- Lynn Harper, he's right here in the front row, he's here today with us, he's here for my birthday, no, I'm kidding, it, it just kind of all lined up, and the Lord said go, so it just, it makes me happy that you're here, but he's the one who actually said over the summer, he said, I just see, I just see this, we are the resting place. I see t-shirts. I see you just going all out because I had started to vocalize some of the vision God had given me of the ship and the sails. And he's, he was the first one to say the name. And this really has become even more than just a sermon series. It's really become a marking off of a totally new chapter of the resting place. It's really become a point of clarity as to who we actually are. And we've been saying it the whole time, you know, to be a people that God can rest upon. That's the question we're trying to answer. We're trying to say, what would it look like to be a people, a corporate ecclesia, a group that the Holy Spirit rests upon? Not just a person, not just an anointed individual, but an anointed people. What would that look like? And we've been endeavoring to answer that. I believe it's happening. I believe the result we've been looking for is coming to pass. Like I said in worship, I'm hearing the wind begin to blow. But we've been looking for this, a people who are unified and no longer isolated in the way they carry the Holy Spirit. I see it happening. I see it happening. But during this, this discovery that we were at an executive team retreat um, or a strategy weekend, we were working at a separate place. We will have a retreat later. That one felt like a lot of work. Hopefully we can have one that's less work later. Our chief development officer is shaking your head. Yes, we will. Okay. So we, in that discussion with the executive team, we really, it was, it came about from Vicky actually, that these are not just, this is not just a sermon series. These are identifying characteristics of the TRP way. This is the way. Anybody? Mandalorian? Okay. Mandalorian got it from Jesus, all right? They were first called followers of the way before we were called Christians, just so you know. So you ever want some, like, evangelism help, and you know that they're not into Jesus, just say, I'm a follower of the way. And let them ask you, what does that mean? It's like, well, the way is a person. His name is Jesus. You know, and like, I don't know, it could help you. It helps me. But we found that this really is the TRP way. Because we are a people that God can rest upon, I have this for you on the screens today. We are a people of prayer. Because of that, we are a people of prayer. This is, the, this is the, what we went through. So it's a little bit of a, a review, but I want you to understand, maybe receive it differently. This is a DNA strand. This is a characteristic of our people, of who we are. A people of prayer. First and foremost, we commune with God. First and foremost, we have a connection with the Holy One. We are in holy communion, constantly in prayer. 
It says pray without ceasing. What is that? That's a living and abiding life in openness with God. We are a people of prayer. We make it a priority. We've, we've talked about Thursday prayer. We've, we pray all the time here on Sunday, obviously, right? But this is who we are. Not only that, we're a people of humility. We take the low place while doing great things. Those who know him will do great exploits. It's not those who know him will do nothing and be humble. No, you actually have to do something great to be humble. Humility requires greatness. I know some of you are like doing the math. I just saw that meme where the lady's like looking and all the numbers are going. I just saw that happen in real time with some of you. Humility requires greatness. It means you take the low place because you contributed at such a high level and you humble yourself, make yourself lowly. Jesus humbled himself by becoming a human being. That was him being great and choosing to take on the nature of someone low. That's humility. That's who we are. We're a people of intimate connection, that we know one another, and we're intimately connected with God. He's no, he knows us. We know him. That's the next one, intimate connection. Intimate connection. It's not surface-level connection. It's not come here, say, hey, how you doing? And then you lie about it, and you leave. That is not who we are. You may be doing that, but that's not who we are. So this is almost like a line in the sand. You get to decide. You want to be a part of this? This is what it's going to take. This is who we are. This is who my wife and I actually are. It's who our leadership is. And it's who we're inviting you to become. And some of you are way beyond me in intimate connection. Amen? But this is at our depths. This is in our DNA. Does this make sense? Okay. Not only that, we're a people of bold authenticity. Scott did a great job last week, right? Oh, my gosh. Bold authenticity. Bold authenticity is truthfully honest. Like, you're bold about how honest you are. You are real all the time. This is how I really am. In the 9 a.m., I was 10 tissues deep in worship. I mean, it was all coming out. Like, I don't mind telling you. I was right there. I mean, there were tears there. I took a picture. I'm like, wow, that's, let's mark this off. Like, woof, that was a deep one. I got deep healing in the 9 a.m. gathering. God met me in my heart on that Defender song came on and just went bang, and I just lost it. And he met me in a deep place. And I don't mind telling you that. I don't mind crying in front of you, right? We should be boldly authentic. And finally today, this is what we're going to talk about. We are a people of devoted worship. Devoted worship. You are looking at the TRP way. We have our core values, but these are really core characteristics. These are defining characteristics of the family. Amen? Amen. So today, a people of devoted worship. Why? Because to be a people that God can rest upon, again, a corporate people, to be a corporate people that God can rest upon, we have to be a people of devoted worship. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to read out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25, and it's going to tell us what that is. First, I'm going to pray. Father God, I pray that right now, through the reading and the teaching of your word, that you would speak and that we would be those with ears to hear. In fact, we say to our ears, open. Come on, say to your own ears, open. We say, open to hear the word of the Lord. God, I pray that your voice will be heard within my voice. I pray that there would be 
a, a spark of the divine in every word that each one of us needs in all of our different journeys and all of our different ways. I'm believing you for that today. I'm asking for the Son of God, the Word Himself, to be made manifest through the preaching of the Word. Only you can do it, Holy Spirit. We trust you to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. It says, therefore, brothers. Whenever there's a therefore, you need to ask what it's there for, so you know. I'm going to tell you what it's there for because we don't have time to do a whole study, all right? This is a summation. These next few verses are a summation. It's a summary of the past about two and a half chapters of what he's talked about, okay? And it's going into, like, tying a bow on everything and making an, an underscoring an overall point, the overall purpose of everything that was said. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have, these are the things that were mentioned previously, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, just like that word that came forth from Abraham, by his blood, not by our blood, sweat, and tears, right? And we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way, hello, the way, uh-huh, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us, say let us, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, say let us, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us, come on, help me. Let us consider how to stir up one another for love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to key in on that last verse, verse 25, Hebrews 10, 25. I'm going to read it in a couple more translations. We're going to jump to the Passion Translation. Same verse, Hebrews 10, 25, Passion Translation. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. And I know it was written for them at that time, but the Bible is written for all people at all times, just so you know. And it takes discernment to receive it in seasons. Are you hearing me? Okay. I hear the Lord saying to the resting place, this is not the time. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Those who are doing that are hearing wrongly. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing, this is our societal construct infiltrating the church rather than the church infiltrating society because church has become an option just like other forms of entertainment. And it's partially the church's fault because we postured to entertain you. But this church is not here for your entertainment. This church is here out of pure obedience to King Jesus. And you can like it, love it, leave it. I don't care. I care about you, and that's why I have this position. I'm beholden to one and one alone. I'm obedient to him and him alone. You don't have me. I have you. You don't have me. I carry this congregation with me every day of my life. You understand? 
I carry Carrollwood. I carry Wesley Chapel. I carry names, faces, and stories every single day. But they do not drive me or dictate my action. The Lord, King Jesus, is in charge around here. Just want to make it clear. In case anyone's curious. In fact, it goes on to say, in fact, we should come together even more frequently. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. That's the question. Are you eager to encourage and urge each other onward? Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 in the New American Standard Bible. Same couple of verses. Different translation. It says, and let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together. COVID hit and some people abandoned the meeting together. Some are still abandoning it. I love you on the other side of that live stream. I love you, but that is not doing it for you. We do this to make you hungry to get here. That's why I'm looking at a camera right now. It is not fulfilling the need, the biblical need for communities of faith to be together and worship the king. That doesn't do it. That's a door into the house that is not the house. And I love you. See you next week. <clears throat> not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Does anybody want Jesus to return? <laughs> Do you see the day drawing near? Okay, then we should be in each other's business all the more. This shouldn't check a box. I'm just having a little bit of, of a fun time right now, like, preaching in front of my spiritual father who preaches completely opposite of me. Like, he would never, it's just, this is fun. Anyway, it's like, I can hear his eyes like, he's like, I would never say it like that. <laughs> and yet, I feel completely approved of. It's great. It's wonderful. Anyway, bold authenticity, that's where I'm at right now, just letting you know. All right, that's where I'm at. I highly respect this man. He's the longest tenured pastor in Brandon, Florida. Over 25 years of the same congregation. No one speaks an ill word of Lynn Harper. That's what I want to become. Amen. To be a people that God can rest upon, we have to be a people of devoted worship. To devote, this word devote in English, just the English word, it means to give all or a large part of one's time, resources, or time or resources to a person, activity, or cause. To give all or a large part of your time or resources to a person, activity, or cause. So as the church, we need to give all. Scary words, you ready? We need to give all or a large part of our time and resources to gathering as believers to worship King Jesus. You see how upside down the Western church has become? We cannot hope to be a resting place for God if we are not regularly in the same place together. It's impossible. I am not talking about church attendance to check a box. Been there, done that. Nah. I'm not talking about earning brownie points with God for attending a gathering. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, there's seasonal moments 
where you are traveling or life changes or you have family things and you miss a few Sundays in a row or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about orienting our life rhythm in a way that truly values being a part of a community of faith. Did you hear what I just said? Orienting our life around valuing this. To be a part of a community of faith, you must devote yourself to be worshiping with that community, praying with that community, talking with that community. And this goes beyond Sunday morning. I love you enough to tell you. Is everybody okay, first of all? Okay. I love you enough to tell you, Sunday's the low bar, man. That's kindergarten. That's diapers. I know. You're like, I felt pretty good about coming today. I know. It's good. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what the Lord is saying. This is an entry point into so much more. There's such a rich depth of community that goes beyond just sitting here. This is open to the public. This is everyone. This is just everyone come. It's out there, right? So anybody can walk through those doors. We will welcome them. Come on in. Let's go. We're going to worship the Lord. You might think it's weird. You know, watch out for the flags if you stand over here, you know. Don't worry. It's, it's bread and it's juice. That's not wine in that thing. Don't worry. It's okay. Like, we're going to, you know, there might be some awkwardness, right? Because we have our things we do that not everyone understands. But this is open to the Lord, to the world, to meet the Lord. Are you hearing me? It cannot be everything. Because for it to be everything, we would be here all day. Some of you like, I wish the worship was longer. I wish the worship was shorter. I wish the sermon was longer. I wish the sermon was shorter. I wish they did an, didn't do a video announcement. I wish it, this, you're, the problem is you're wanting everything from this. <laughs> the truth is you'll never get everything from this. And the greater truth is you could enter in into everything from this. That was really good, Caleb. That was. <laughs> you might just be a preacher. Man. Sunday morning should be an inspiration to pull in closer towards the faith community, not a sense of accomplishment like this is all there is. We should be inspired in the presence of God together, amen? We should be inspired to know one another more as God moves, not less. If we're encountering the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the multi-generational God, then we should be connecting with multiple generations around us in deeper ways. Not just those who are peers, but those who have gone before, those who are coming up after. There should be a draw to those who are not like us, who are not in our season, this is the beauty of the invitation. If we're encountering the son of David, then we should be rearranging our lives to be all the more present and all the more worshipful with those we are connected with the most. Sunday morning worship should invite Monday night worship at home or in the car on the way to school. Turn off talk radio, turn on Jesus, and sing with your kiddos. See how it changes their day. Listen to the Bible in the car and talk about it. That's worship. 
If we're encountering the God of Mary, of Martha, and Lazarus, then we should be in each other's lives, working through our different personalities and giftings on a regular basis. You know the whole Mary-Martha thing? Martha's only problem was she was making a sandwich Jesus didn't order. It doesn't mean no one never makes a sandwich. Okay? Some people come to the resting place and like, oh, no, the better thing is just to sit and be like Mary. Not when the Lord is saying go. Sandwiches need to be made. Can I get an amen? It's almost 1 o'clock. This should resonate with you. (laughs) The big gathering needs to be a stepping stone towards smaller and more intimate gatherings. Sunday worship gatherings should be a time of corporate encounter. Corporate encounter where anyone and everyone can come and meet the one true living God. But let me define a couple things for you right now. The resting place does not have church services. We have never had a single church service. You are not at a church service. You are at a gathering of the church. Saying a service for us, this is just for us. This is my conviction for this house and who I am. Okay? Saying that lends itself to consumerism. You come, you eat, you leave. We're not building contributors to the peace of the kingdom of God. We're building consumers who will receive what they need from the preacher. I'm not here to, I I am here to feed you, but I'm here to feed you the long way, the patient way. I'm here to teach you how to eat so that you stay well fed. Teach a man to fish. Don't give him a fish. Teach a man to fish, and then he'll have provision his whole life. I'm teaching men and women how to fish. You're like, I don't feel fed. I don't understand a word that guy said. Okay, I'm good with that. I'm going to keep on saying it until you learn the tools yourself. It's the bread factory. It makes you, you smell that bread. You're like, mm, I need that. I want that. The wonder bread. Yes, Tracy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's good. We do not have services. We have gatherings of the church that everyone's invited to. Are you hearing me? And we gather together for one reason, and that's to encounter Jesus together. That is why we gather. And from that encounter, the lost will be found. The found will get free. And peace will begin to reign in our city because we are inspired towards living like the Prince of Peace, King Jesus. Are you with me? We are told, we're commanded to never neglect, abandon, or pull away from meeting together. I'm going to go back through that passage quickly. I'm going to show you a couple things. i got a couple slides because when I put it on the screen, it makes it official for you. You believe it more. Like, it was on a screen. <laughs> we should not neglect meeting because, quote, we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. We were never called to enter the holy places alone. God always intended for his body to go together. Right? Like the hand isn't supposed to go in and leave the elbow out. It's weird. The foot isn't supposed to get and leave the, ha- the hip out. Right? We weren't supposed to go into the holy places alone. We're not given access to the heavenly realms so we can ascend by ourselves. Some people believe this stuff. You just need me and Jesus, just me and the Holy Ghost. No, you do not. According to the Holy Ghost, you're wrong. (laughs) Second quote. 
We have a great high priest, a great priest over the house of God. Jesus is our high priest, and we're able to worship him alone because we are not alone. We're worshiping him alone because we're called to worship him in the house of God, as the house of God. Are you hearing me? This means it takes time for the whole house to come together as a temple of the Holy Spirit to encounter the Holy Spirit. Now, second slide. We should meet together regularly because we are to, I'm breaking down the passage for you really quickly here. We are to draw near, said let us, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let me help you. We will never see the fullness of the full assurance of faith without you. We will not have the full assurance of faith on our own. We will not be able to walk in the purity of the gospel if we are isolated and we neglect meeting together. It is the key that unlocks all of these things. It is the end of the paragraph there. It's the conclusion of the summary. Are you following me? Okay, my mom in the front row. Good. Hold fast. Next one. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. Next one. We will fail to do this, to hold fast to the confession of our hope if we neglect being with one another. We will miss the faithfulness of God towards us if we are separated and not in one place regularly enough. Next quote. It says, consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. How can we do that if we don't see each other? It's impossible. What would happen if regularly, like once a week for the rest of our lives, we stirred one one another up? What if you came here to stir somebody up towards love and good deeds? What if you came here to be stirred up towards love and good deeds? What would happen if that was a regular occurrence in your life? Maybe twice a week. I know we're getting crazy now. It's wild talk. I grew up Southern Baptist, y'all. I'm a proud Baptocostal, all right? Proud of it. We were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, youth stuff, events, outings. My parents kept me in church. I used to think I didn't have a testimony. You know what I have? I have a testimony of what it means for a family to devote themselves to the worship of the living God as a family. It kept me from sleeping around, from doing drugs, from ruining my life. I don't have a lot of the traumas that other people have because I lived in a household that was devoted to the worship of King Jesus. I'm thankful for that. Both my parents are in the room. It's their fault that I'm this passionate about this. Finally, last quote. Encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Listen, encourage. That means put courage inside. We will lack the courage that comes from the community of faith if we neglect this meeting. We will forget, but I'll soften it for you. We could forget, possibly, that Jesus is even returning if we're not constantly reminding one another. And here's, here's just, I would like to spend more time on this, but we're done. The suddenlies of God are coming. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together, help me, in Not in one heart, not in one spirit, not in one mind, in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house. 
Everybody on every level of spiritual journey, everybody got filled. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. A resting place for God was found. A people were gathered and a resting place was found. And they were all filled. All of them. All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The suddenlies of God are coming. The question is, will you be around to experience them? We are in a season of suddenlies. And you get to decide how much of that you experience. And don't be complaining to me. Three months from now, when you don't feel connected to what God is doing in this house, and you've only been here twice. I'll love you in that moment. I'll care for you, but I'll remind you of this message. So you remember that time? That's what good fathers do. Hold you to account. To be a people that God can rest upon, we have to be a people of devoted worship. Devoted worship. Amen? And many of you are. I know that. If you look around this room, we're 80% full. We usually are in the 1115. Hmm. Interesting. I just heard the Lord. Sorry, having a conversation. All right. I was going to wait to do this, but the Lord thinks it's a good idea now. In order, in, in order to facilitate the next season of the resting place, I'm going to make a request. That if you're here at the 1115 and this is like your gathering, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord if you need to move to the 9 a.m. to make space for other families to come and encounter Jesus. Because the 9 a.m. has a lot of room. Not a lot, actually. More room. More room than this. This is actually a very low attendance day here. We have 120 chairs in this room. We've been doing 115, 116, 118, 112, those types of numbers in the 1115. That means zero capacity for new families, new people to encounter Jesus. That's a problem. So if you're a people of devoted worship, I wonder if for a season you'd move to a, an earlier gathering so that we can have space for more people to encounter Jesus together. I'm asking you, if it doesn't change your life in any dramatic way, no, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to ask the Lord if you should do that. And some of you, I'll say, it wouldn't change your life in any dramatic way. It would just help the church. Because here's the, here's the big announcement. We will have to go to three gatherings soon. Most likely January. Just so you know. Because I will not let physical capacity keep people from encountering the Lord of glory. It won't happen. It won't happen. And you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, service hungry. We don't even have services. What are you talking about? I want to make capacity, make room for people to gather. Until we get a different building, that's what we got to do, y'all. Amen? So you pray about that. Let's stand. I'll stop.
Friend of our prayer team, they're going to come on down. We do believe that today is a day of healing. I hope that that message helped you. Did it help anyone? Was it helpful? Okay. And we're going to move quickly, but this is one of the most important things we do every single week. Every single week. At the end of our gatherings, we want to make it plain that this is an opportunity to meet the God of the ages. The one true living God. I want to announce to you that God became a man. He was born of a virgin. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. He lived a perfect life, never doing anything wrong. And yet he died a horrendous death at the hand of wicked men. And that death was him taking on your sin and my sin. That death was a payment for all of your wrongdoing. He died on a cross in public for everyone to see. He was buried in a tomb, but three days later, come on, somebody. He stood himself up from that grave with no assistance from anyone else. He said, time to get up. He rose himself up from the grave. It might be somewhat impressive if someone had come and raised him from the dead. No one rose him. He stood himself up out of death and said, that'll do. He appeared to his disciples, and then he appeared to so many others. It even says at one time, 500. And he ascended into the heavens. He is seated at the right hand of God, and he is the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, Almighty God. And he calls any, everyone everywhere to repent. That means change the way you think and to receive the forgiveness of sins. Everyone in this room has sinned. Everyone in this room has made mistakes. Can I get an amen? Everyone here has failure. You've got red in your ledger. Every single one of you. Don't believe me? Let me ask your closest friend or your spouse. <laughs> Every single one of us has failed. But the beauty of the good news that I'm telling you today is Jesus saw it coming, man. And he paid for your past, your present, and your future sins. So that only upon believing that he is God, he died and rose again, you could receive that forgiveness. This is good news. I, the good news is never old news for me. I don't know about you. This makes me excited every time I say it. I've been forgiven. I received it as a gift. And some of you may be here. Maybe you've never received that gift. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. And there's an edge on it this morning. And I'm, I, if this offends you, I'm not trying to, okay? But the Bible says some are saved by the fear of the Lord. There's an edge on it today. The Lord gave me this edge. You will spend eternity somewhere. And by receiving forgiveness, you get to enter the house. It's like you're on the lawn and of a beautiful house. And someone comes to you and says, I, the house is actually yours. I paid for it. It's free and clear. It's in your name. Here's the key. And you sit there and decide, are you going to open the door and walk in? Or are you going to stay out in the cold? Some will stay out in the cold. The Bible said there says in Psalms, there are those who trample underfoot the Son of God. You know what that says to me? It says to me that Jesus laid down at the gates of hell and said, over my dead body will you get in here. But some will. It's tragic. 
My message to you this morning is, why does that have to be you? Good news, it doesn't. You could leave here, walk out the doors, and never hear another opportunity for salvation and go to hell. That is a real possibility. This is what gets me in trouble on live streams and stuff, preaching the gospel. But no one here wants that for anyone else. Amen? And Jesus really did say, over my dead body. Over my dead body. So today, the opportunity is simply to believe. And by believing, you get to receive the forgiveness of all your sins. You get the peace, the joy, the righteousness that comes with the Holy Spirit. It's a great deal, man. You turn in all your sorrow, your depression, your brokenness, and you get righteousness, peace, and joy. I like to say it's a good Jewish bargain. Jesus is a Jew. It's legal, okay? so. But here's the message. I want everybody to close their eyes just for a moment. Somebody needs to hear this. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You might think you're worthless, but you've been wrong before. My Jesus says you are to die for. And you're invited to believe him. So, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you convict our hearts today? That if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you, that as soon as I say amen, they would come up to this prayer team and they would receive you. And they would lay down their life and receive yours instead. That salvation would come to this house today. Someone say amen. God, I also pray that those who know you would, would increase their devotion, Lord to the family, to worshiping. Lord, would you help us orient our lives around the beauty and value of coming together to worship King Jesus. And Father, would you raise up peacemakers in this place to bring heaven to earth in Tampa Bay. God, only you can do it. Only you can do it. So I bless my brothers and sisters. I bless this family. And God, we say thank you for all you've done today and all you've begun today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, come on, say amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.